Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Thank you, Pastor Mary. Thank you, Church. You can take a seat. It's uh, my honour to be here with you today. I, um, I've had a really amazing journey. It's been 18 months since I've been here last time, and, and I've missed you guys because uh, I love coming to this church. Uh, God's given me incredible favour all around the world. I, I, I'm, it blows my mind, actually, uh, some of the things that God has been doing, particularly in recent years, and, and uh, just the doors that have opened, not just doing crusades, but speaking in mega churches in a number of different countries and for national presidents and their movements and all that. And, and I just sit down and I, I just go, wow, you know. But I still love coming back to this church. And I love preaching here. It's just, it's a refreshing thing. It's like I get my annual dose of Bayside. But you guys get it every week. You're blessed, amen. And, uh, but I'm just, I believe God's going to do something amazing to this morning. And, uh, but also tonight, I really encourage you to come tonight. I'm going to be preaching on miracles tonight. I am so looking forward to the message I'm going to preach. I've never preached it before. I never preached this message before until this morning either. And I'm just excited. Um, God's going to do some amazing things. Tonight's going to be one of those moments I really, really expect it. And we're going to crack through. Heaven's going to open. It's going to be awesome. Not to say God's not going to touch lives this morning, but it's going to be really neat. So if you don't normally come on a Sunday night, let me encourage you, come along, uh, let someone know who needs a miracle, needs a healing, needs a salvation or whatever it might be, and uh, let's believe God together for a great night, eh? But I want to share something with you this morning, a little bit different. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, the last couple of years, particularly the last several months, it seems like the world's gone crazy. Does anyone else agree with me on that? It's like if you're watching the news, it's like, what the heck is going on around this place? And, and it seems like politicians and the media are railroading an immoral anti-Christian agenda and, and stuff's just getting pushed in our face. And, and it seems like our rights and our freedoms as Christians could be taken away from us. And well, they certainly come under a very vicious attack. It seems like the systems against us, if you know what I'm saying. So every angle it's coming from, and, and uh, some of us are getting quite disturbed, and some are afraid of the implications that this could have if things go through the way they're trying to push it. And uh, it's kind of scary to think that Christians could be considered as, as uh, criminals just for believing and speaking what the Bible says. And definitely there's a real distinction between light and darkness at the moment and uh, it seems like the darkness is getting darker and, and it's really becoming clear. Some people are getting quite overwhelmed by what's going on and uh, quite concerned. Others are getting excited. Uh, now you kind of think, how can you get excited about this? Well, many of you have heard of Jackie Pullinger who was... Um, a preacher had for many years ministered in what they called the walled city in Hong Kong, which is to drug addicts and prostitutes. And it's a very, very dark place there. And she's brought a uh, salvation and planted churches and things there. But she said this, don't pray that the darkness gets lighter. Pray that the darkness gets darker because it's only then will our light appear brighter. 
And that's the reality, isn't it? We can be overwhelmed by all this and praying, God, help us and, and deliver our nation from evil. And, and it's good still to pray that. But at the same time, we can understand and appreciate that in the dark and as it's getting darker, the church is going to start to shine brighter. Our lives are going to start to shine brighter. I was at the National Conference, State Conference just recently and uh, staying in a hotel room. And I, I remember switching the light off one night, but just lying there with my eyes eyes open and I was actually surprised by the number of little lights that there were in the room. There was a little green one here and a red one and another green one and just all different electrical things and you know, smoke alarms and all things. They had all these little lights around, which I didn't notice before, but it was only when it went dark that you could see those things. In his book, The Days of His Presence, Francis Frangipani who's a best-selling author in the United States and authority on spiritual uh, warfare and also a significant voice in prophetic circles in the USA, recounts a vision he saw when he was a young Christian. And this is what he saw. I saw a great metropolis languishing under the weight of a deep and terrible darkness. Etched upon the faces of those in this wretched society was the image of hopelessness. The place was desolate of real life, and the time for recovery seemed long past. I was with a group outside the city. We were not part of the darkness, but had been baptized in a glorious and powerful light. During the vision, I actually experienced the power of this light surging up from my innermost being. It coursed through our hands like swords of laser light. A visible splendor shone from our bodies, especially our faces. Suddenly from the darkness, the great multitude began to grope their way toward us. They approached first one, then another. Soon all were calling on the name of the Lord. As we laid our hands upon them and prayed for them, they also received the the light. The vision passed, and though I continued to lay in bed, I did not return to sleep. As the first light of dawn entered my bedroom window, I opened the book of Isaiah to the place where I had concluded my previous reading. There, for the first time in my young spiritual life, I read Isaiah 60. The words bolted into my eyes like lightning and shook my insides like thunder. If you've got your Bibles, you might want to turn. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 to 3 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon you, and His glory shall be seen upon you. And the nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Father, I want to thank you that nothing takes you by surprise. Father, no matter what we see going on in the world around about us, I want to thank you for what you've given us. You've given us truth. You've given us light. And I thank you for your word today. And I, I thank you for your anointing to preach your word. And as I preach your word, Father, I pray faith will rise. Lord, I pray that your people be encouraged. Courage, Lord, and I pray that this church will continue to be a light in Harvey Bay, that your people will continue to shine and impact the city for the glory of God. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
you know, this particular scripture is prophetically speaking about the city of Jerusalem and the restoration of the nation of Israel. But it also it speaks prophetically about the coming of Christ and the church in the last days. And it's kind of exciting to see the way it seems to be uh, unfolding. In, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, it speaks about when Jesus came himself in person. It says there, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. And, and so when Jesus, the Son of God, did come to this earth, he came reflecting the glory and demonstrating the power of God. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, God anointed Jesus with, of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. We know Jesus brought light to the world, didn't he? He is the light, and he brought it to this world, truth and power. And the thing is, though, that Jesus then passed the baton, as it were, to the apostles and to the early church. And, and he chose to reveal his glory in and through the church. And in John chapter 17, verse 22, Jesus said, I have given them the glory that you have given me. Turn to the person beside you and say, you've got the glory. Amen. He's given us, each one, the glory. And, and then what happened was those that followed Jesus, they, they went out and they turned the world upside down. And it seems like visions and miracles and signs and wonders were commonplace in those days. And, uh, but however, sadly, as we look throughout the history of the church, it seems like the glory of God in the church began to fade. And as the church through history got so focused on religion instead of the relationship with God, and then they, they got all focused on their traditions instead of the mission that God had called the church to, and the light had been far dimmer than I believe God intended it to be. And it seems like people got so focused on what was instead of what is. But how many people know God was and is and is to come? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's not changing. Amen. And it's a cool thing because in the last hundred years or so, it seems like the, the, the light is getting brighter. Amen. It seems like God is, is moving in an amazing way. And as the, the return of Christ is getting nearer and nearer, the church is rising again in power and authority. And the closer that Jesus gets to his coming, the more we're going to see increasing displays of the glory of God all over the face of the earth. When I was coming last night to Harvey Bay, I was driving down Borough Road just as the sun was going down. And have you ever been there uh, out on the road or out in the country with the sun behind you? And as it was coming down, uh, it was kind of a, a, an airy look. It was, it was almost starting to go dusk, but at the same time, the sun was catching objects in my view, particularly road signs, and they were like beaming and glowing with light. And it was just really, really awesome. And, and you can see the same sort of thing 
thing in the morning as the sun comes up. If you're out in the country and you're looking around a countryscape and, and it can be a little bit, little bit uh, dreary, but suddenly certain things that catch the sun, it's almost like they glow. It might be a, 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 you know, a house over here and a barn over here and, and a, something else, a tree even, catches the sun and whoosh, they start glowing with beautiful radiance. And in the same way, like the sun coming up over the horizon on the dawn of a new day, then, and, and they're just catching the light of the rising of the sun. Christians also, with their faces set towards the Lord at His coming, will like mirrors reflect His glory. And will reflect His glory with an ever-increasing brightness. And I believe great light and great power will rest upon those who are humble and who are eagerly desiring to be used by God in these days. The exciting thing is, it's already starting to happen. It's already, God's already moving all over the face of the earth. Over a million people per week are giving their lives to Jesus on the planet these days, which is pretty exciting stuff. Amen. And you guys have heard some incredible stories of what's going on there in India through Pastor Abraham. And, and, but great things are happening in other countries too. Millions of Muslims are converting to Christianity. And, and in places like Africa, there's crusades going on where literally hundreds of thousands of people are getting saved in just a few short days. And I've got the privilege of being invited to Lagos, Nigeria in just a week and a half. I'm going to be over there. Uh, Reinhard Bonke's invited 40 evangelists from around the world. I've had the privilege of being one of those evangelists that's going to be in his farewell crusade in Africa. And they have actually trained 500,000 counselors. Get your head around that. They're anticipating possibly 8 million salvations during this five-day crusade. I mean, it's going to be mind-blowing. I and mean, the crowds are just going to be awesome. And it's just going to be something I'm really looking forward to soaking up. But, but also looking forward to the impartation, catching more fire, getting stirred up by God. It's just awesome. But, uh, you know, God's doing great things all over the world. China, in about 13 years, they reckon it's going to have the greatest Christian population on the face of the earth. So many people getting saved in China and uh, in the Western and Asia, mega churches are rising up and swelling all over the place. Huge entertainment centers and convention centers are, uh, are being filled uh, with Christians in conferences and prayer and worship rallies. And, and even in Australia, our movement, the ACC, is well. Uh, i just been to our state conference and every single national and state conference, it's bigger and better than the one we had before. And, uh, you know, dozens of pastors are, are being ordained each time and churches are being planted and, and God's moving. We've got a 9% growth rate per annum in the ACC, which is pretty exciting. I mean, let's go God the glory for that one. That's pretty neat. But see, around about us, the world is getting darker. But we've got the glory. Amen. We've got the light. And, and how, how can we be light bearers in these dark days? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. So I'll answer that for you. Uh, and there's four points I want to give you this morning. And then we're going to pray together. The first is that we need to come to the light. Come to the light. John chapter 3, verse 19 to 21. The Bible says, God's light came into the world. But the people loved the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for the fear that their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right 
come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. You know, there are many people who do run away from the light because they love their sin. And the reality is that there is pleasure in sin. The Bible says there is pleasure in sin, but it only lasts for a season. And at the end of it is death. And there are people out there who are enjoying the pleasure of sin. And the reason they're enjoying it is because they haven't felt or acknowledged the pain that it brings yet. Sadly, it's not until some people start to reap the consequences of their sin that they then will acknowledge and run from it the consequences of broken lives and broken relationships, depression and drinking and alcohol addiction and drug addiction and disease and all sorts of things. Then these people wake up and they realize the course that they've been on is one that's been a path leading to destruction and they run to the light. You know, people don't like the light because they are trapped by their sin. It may be that they've been abused or used or something has happened in their life that's made them angry or hurting. And, and uh, the sin that they've got themselves wrapped up in really has been an escape from the pain. But at the same time, it's become a trap that's holding them and creating more and more pain in their lives. And, uh, you know, some people that they fear coming into the light, the fear that their sin will be exposed by the light, and then they're going to be judged and and rejected and, and punished. But the truth is, when we do come into the light, yes, light does shine upon our sin, but we come under conviction. We don't come under condemnation. Things are exposed, uh, but but Jesus exposes our sins in order to wash our sins away. He reveals to us the, the state of our heart, and then He works in us and, and transforms us into His glory. See, He took the punishment for our sins so that we don't have to take the punishment ourselves. Amen. And then, and then when we receive Jesus, and as we respond to Jesus, we become part of His family. We're loved, and we're embraced, and we're accepted in the family of God. Amen. Sometimes people think, you know, oh, I don't know if I'll ever be good enough. I don't, I don't feel good enough for God. And the reality is we, we will never be good enough in our souls. But what happens is when we come to God and, and Jesus comes into our life, He begins to work in us and change us from the inside out. He changes our heart before He changes our behavior. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm trapped in this and I'll never be all right. But, but He comes and changes us from the inside out and we become a whole new person. So all we really need to do is give Him our heart and trust Him to work in us for His glory. And it doesn't matter how lost in darkness you are. The invitation is open to you. There's a man called David Berkowitz. don't know if you ever heard the name uh, back in the 70s. In the United States of America, he caused quite a stir. When he was a boy, he, he had this uncanny craving for darkness. He said he'd go and just shut himself in the wardrobe and stand in the wardrobe for hours. He, he'd crawl under his bed, into the darkness, under his bed, and just lie in the darkness. He sometimes would escape out of his house, even as he was a little boy, at, at night, and go and walk the streets in the night, in the dark, by himself. Just a strange kind of thing for a, for a little boy to do. And, and he had tantrums and, and just something was not right, you know. He grew up and he uh, went to, to the army, came back from the army. He was a, quite a lonely sort of a guy and met with some people who invited him to a party. He thought it was a 
bit of a party. They went out into the bush, into the, into the forest, and they had a fire there, and he sort of got connected with these people, but it turned out they were wickers. They were Satan worshippers, and they were having these, these uh, horrible times worshipping the devil there, and particularly one demon they worshipped was called Sam. And uh, this guy flipped out. He became a psychotic mass murderer and went around terrorizing New York City and brought New York City to its knees and, and uh, with a 44 caliber pistol and just shot people at random and, and, and in cold blood, uh, murdered six people and injured a number of other people as well. And uh, he called himself the, the Duke of Death. They called him the Son of Sand, but, but he was going around being crazy and they eventually caught him. And he was sentenced to life, uh, in fact, six life sentences, 300 years in prison. Um, So, of course, he's still in prison today. But while he was in prison, somebody came and shared the light with him. Somebody came and shared the gospel with him. Somebody uh, befriended him and and gave him uh, Gideon's New Testament Bible. And he took it and he started probably the Psalms and Proverbs in there as well, I think. And he he went and he started reading and, and reading the scriptures and and, and light shone into his life. He heard stuff he had never heard before. And, and God worked in his heart and, and, and he cried out to God and had an encounter with God. And God came, he got saved and, and uh, he's still in prison because it's hard to get out when you've got a 300 year sentence. But uh, he, in prison now, he's a, he's a minister of the gospel and uh, ministers to people and he's, he's got peace in his heart and he's full of full of joy and, and has the truth. It's wonderful, isn't it? So it doesn't matter how dark your light has been when you have an encounter with Jesus and you can come into the light and he can change you. And it's amazing. And uh, the next thing we need to do once we've come into the light is walk in the light. In 1 John 5, sorry, 1 John 1 verse 5 to 7, the Bible says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, walking in the light doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. But what this means is that we're walking in accord with truth. We've come and we've opened up our hearts. We've opened up our lives to Jesus. And, and we're not hiding in the corner. We're not keeping all this secret stuff in our world. But, but when we live this kind of open life, we, we're open-faced people, you could say. We're open-hearted people. And, and we, we connect. We connect not only with the Lord. We come into a relationship with the Lord. But we're able to come into relationship with each other. And we have a, a wonderful relationship together as Christians walking together in truth and love and and, uh, we're there for each other to encourage and and there's accountability amongst us and and we support each other and we're strength for each other in times of struggle. In John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus also said to the people, I am the light of the world and if you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness, but you will have the light that leads to light. There's a lot of people out there that are stumbling around at the moment. There's a lot of people who are confused. There's a lot of people that doesn't know what's right and what's wrong anymore because we're living in a world that's trying to tell you that that right is wrong and wrong is right. And, And people are coming under condemnation for believing what is right and what is truth and things like that. And and it just seems very, very crazy. And uh but when we walk in the light, 
we, we've been given revelation. We've been given truth. And this truth helps us to, to journey through life. It helps us to navigate the course. In fact, Psalm chapter 109 verse 105 says that the word of the Lord is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So it'll help us know where we're going, but also help us know where to put our steps next as we're going along and we have wisdom to, to make right choices and do the right things, particularly when we find ourselves facing temptation or when we find ourselves with things being said to us that just have our heads spinning out. It's a good idea to have light within our souls. You know, if you're looking at things in the dark, they don't look so bad to you. And as it's getting darker and darker, people who don't have a revelation or don't have the light, they, they just don't see things the way that they are. And as a, as a result of that, they find themselves doing things they shouldn't be doing. There's a story about a, a desert nomad who woke up in the middle of the night feeling quite hungry. And so he lit a candle and he grabbed a bowl of dates, which was nearby his bed. And he decided he would hook into this bowl of dates and have a feed of dates. And, and he took the first date and he bit the date. But when he bit the date, he noticed there was a big worm inside the date. And of course, blah, blah, he spat that one out. And then he got, grabbed another date and he bit that date as well. And in the light of the candle, he could see there was a worm inside that one as well. And it's like, blah, he spat that one out and got rid of that one. And then he concluded to himself, if he kept on going like this, he was, uh, was going to not get very, you know, he wasn't going to get to eat many eat many. Dates. And so he thought the best thing to do is to turn out the candle. And then he continued eating them without seeing any worms that might have been there. Ate the rest of the dates quickly. If you think that's a shocker, there's another story which I'm not going to tell you about of a tight-fisted old farmer who, uh, who gave his worker a real hard time because his worker was taking a lantern every time he went to visit his, the girl that he was courting. And of course he said to him, I never took a lantern with me when I was courting my uh, fiancé and uh, we don't need to talk anymore about that. But obviously when, when the light's not shining very brightly, you make not such good decisions. And uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it there. Uh, so anyway, we need to come to the light, then we begin to walk in the light. Then we soak in the light. We soak in the light. A few years back, I bought solar panels and had a solar system installed on my house, five kilowatt solar system, and uh, some on the front and some on the side. And, and the thing is that when you have solar panels on your house, you want to give them maximum exposure to the sun. And when you get maximum exposure to the sunlight, you'll also produce the maximum amount of power. My, my solar panels will produce over 30 kilowatts on a good day. And that's almost three times what I would use in terms of power, and uh, so you've got maximum power and you've got maximum benefit. There's, a, there's enough power there to power my house, but also there's enough power for me to put a lot of power back into the grid, which ultimately subsidizes my power bill, and if you had the right um, tariff, you would be actually putting money in your pocket uh, through having a solar system. And it's the same when we spend time with Jesus, as it were, soaking in the sun, sunbathing, you know, Jesus bathing, uh, if we can call it that. Uh, you, you have enough 
of his presence and enough of his power to give you a a healthy and, and powerful life. We have power to serve him, but more than that, we have power to bring the life and the light and uh, the goodness of God to others. And through it all, he blesses our lives. When we hang out with Jesus, see, we absorb his glory, we could say. His life, his power, his character, it comes into us and becomes part of us, and we begin to reflect that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. It's awesome. From glory to glory, some translations put it. How many people here have got, perhaps in a kid's bedroom, some of those, those luminous stars that you put on the on the ceiling, you know, some of you might have had that as a child yourself, but uh, downstairs in, in my house, I had some people living in a room there at one point, and, and they stuck these things all over the ceiling, and of course, during the day, they begin to absorb the light, particularly if you have light directly upon them, and then when the light, light is turned out at night, the, the, the ceiling of the room is covered in stars, that they, they begin to emanate the light. When I was a kid, I had a boogeyman in my bedroom. But I was fine because I also had a, a light switch that was luminous as well. And so while the light shone, that luminous was off. I could always see where the light switch was, and it was a comfort to me. So if the boogeyman went bump or something like that, I could just jump up and quickly quit the light. And, of course, the boogeyman always disappeared when I turned the light on. So it was really cool. I was uh, just recently with Pastor Peter uh, when we were at the, na- at the state conference. We went... Uh, one day to a fishing lure shop and uh, had a look at all these fishing lures and everything. And, and um, it's interesting to see the technology. And, and a lot of fishing lures these days have a piece of, of luminous material attached to them so that the, the, it absorbs the light. And then when you drop it down as it goes deep into the ocean or if you go fishing at night with some of these things, it, it creates light and that light attracts the fish, and it seems that those lures that do have light get more hits and, and catch more fish, and, and so they come along not expecting, of course, to be hooked, but they get hooked, and, and it's the same when we uh, have the light of Christ shining in us and shining through us. People are drawn to us, just like those fish to those lures, just like those moths to the lanterns, just like those, those you know, those zappers that you have at certain restaurants and they come, they get zapped. Well, we're not zapping anybody except with the love and the power of God, are we? But, uh, you know, we are being fishers of men and people will come to us and they will be caught. They'll be caught in the love of God. They'll be caught in the gospel that we share with them because our light is shining his light to them. Amen. So this is the benefit of soaking in the light. But then we need to shine our light, don't we? John chapter 9, verse 5, Jesus said, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But the fact is Jesus is not literally in the world anymore. Jesus died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven and he's seated now at the right hand of the Father in glory. So Jesus is not in the world anymore other than living in us. So what happened to the light of the world. Well, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, he's passed the baton. He said to us, you are the light of the world. 
like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. How many people know when you are shining your light, people start turning to the Lord. People start acknowledging God. And this can be on, on, a, on a smaller scale where, where you see, and I love looking on the internet at people who go out street witnessing and praying for the sick on the streets. And, and you watch them and, and they just get these, they pray for all sorts of people and, and people are getting healed. And when they get healed, it's like, wow, they, they start to get a revelation at the reality and the goodness of God. And and many people are uh, uh, then opening their hearts to receive Jesus because they've been impacted by His goodness, by His love and His power. And we also see something like this on a more of a macro scale in the, in the cases like in Syria when ISIS was attacking certain people groups and, and they were fleeing and running to the mountains and, and uh, you know, they were this terrible things were going on. But uh, the world, the Christians were, were going in and, and taking blankets and taking food and, and caring for these people like nobody else was. And these people began to, to receive Jesus and turn to the Lord and a mass of them uh, because they were seeing through the goodness, through people doing the light of good works and good deeds, they were coming to acknowledge the goodness of God and the glory of God, which is really, really, really nice, you know. It's, it's getting darker out there. And, uh, you know, it's not easy always to share our faith. We come under persecution. There's, there's laws and rules around trying to, trying to stop us. And, and, you know, while on one hand the devil's trying to do his darndest to destroy mankind, that's his, that's his objective, to use any means possible to destroy as many possible people as possible. But at the same time, he's trying to rob us. He's trying to rob the church of of our power and our ability to bring the light and the truth of the gospel to the world. And, and it's kind of like he's, he's trying to blow our lights out, you know. And uh, it, it seems that with everything that's going on around about us and, and the pressure that's coming on, some people are, are getting wearied and, and a bit worn out. And, and some Christians seem to be getting a, a little bit weakened, weakened by the increasing gloom that's going on in the world around about. But this is when we are commanded to rise and, and, and not to allow our souls to come come into captivity, we throw off oppression, just as Pastor Mary was sharing earlier on. And we don't just do this in faith. We do it through obedience. We're in obedience to the word, breaking any covenant that we have with darkness. And it's any covenant that we may have, have uh, consciously made or unconsciously come under or come in alignment with. We break that and we rise up into our destiny as the light of the world and the glorified church. Amen. So if discouragement, if, if depression, if, if doubt or unforgiveness or bitterness or sin or even sickness in some way is dimming your lamp, you can rise up and shake it off because you have got the victory in Jesus. Amen. An amplified uh, translation of the Bible puts it this way. This is Isaiah 60. It says, Arise from the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. 
I can't understand Christians who don't want to share their faith. It doesn't make sense to me. But the reality is, the sad reality is that, that some people uh, struggle to share their faith. It seems perhaps they're not that excited about their relationship with God or not bothering or, or feeling something's holding them back and stopping them from sharing the most amazing, amazing life-transforming message that anybody could ever possibly hear. But others, and perhaps this is a scenario some find themselves in, are feeling a little bit intimidated in these days. And, and there seems to be such a, a flood of stuff being pushed against us, which almost makes it like we feel wrong being right. You know, we feel something's wrong with speaking the truth now. We, we can't even speak the truth. We can't even... Can't even you know, act on what we believe anymore or anything like that. But And rather than shining the light and people coming running to us, it seems that people are, are cowering a little bit. They're, they're, they're hiding what light they have, not wanting to create any friction. It's like, I don't want to cause a stir. I just want to keep the peace, if you know what I mean. But one in John chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I love that. I love that. See, see, light is not overpowered by the dark. The power, the dark is overpowered by the light. There is no balance between light and darkness. They're not there creating some sort of a, a coexistence where one needs the other. The reality is light always overcomes the darkness. Amen. You, when you turn the light on, the darkness is expelled. You don't turn the night on. You don't turn the dark on. You don't have, there's not, there's not a, a term. Can you please turn on the dark? I mean, because you turn on the light. And when you turn on the light, the light, the darkness is expelled from the place. And the reality is, Christians, as we rise up and be who we're called to be in these dark days, the darkness around us will be expelled. Don't be intimidated. Don't feel you've got to cower back. You arise and shine. You be who you've called to be. Amen. See, because the world is getting darker. There's no doubt about it. But we are the light of the world and the world needs us. And people are going to come to us and they're going to receive the light that we have. Amen. You know, when I was, um, when I was younger and I was a youth leader, maybe you could come up right now. You're going to come up and anyone else who comes up at this time, that'd be good. When I was a youth leader, I was also a worship leader amongst the young people. I was a past, youth pastor and that. I remember one night, it was, it was one of those nights um, I was leading worship and the presence of God was very strong in the place. It was awesome. And, uh, and I got this thought of Moses going into the presence of God. Remember how when Moses went into the presence of God, particularly on the mountain, he, he actually literally, uh, like that luminous, he took on the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord like, permeated him so much that he was glowing basically he was he was radiating the glory of God so much so that the people could barely bear to look at him he had to put a veil over his face because they didn't have sunglasses back in those days and uh, and and so this was Moses the glory shining out of him and uh, and I was sharing the story and I said you know tonight we have been in the presence of God. And in the same way that Moses went out there and literally shone, we can go out from this place and we can radiate with the glory of the Lord. We can shine in this dark world and we can impact people around about us for the glory of God. 
So I shared that, and and uh, after I had shared and led worship, I sat down, and the other pastor got up, and he was preaching that night. While he was preaching, a friend of mine came to the church, who's now a missionary. He came to the church, uh, arriving late, having not heard what I spoke about about this glory being upon us and things like that. And uh, end of the meeting came. We finished up with a song, and we all had a little bit of a song. I can't remember if there was prayers or whatever. But when the meeting was over, my friend came to me, and he was beside himself. And he's like, Carl, Carl, come here. Come and sit down. He says, you're going to think I'm crazy. This is going to sound mad, but, but I, you can't take away what I saw. He said, when we were worshiping God at the end of the meeting, I was just there up the back and I, I had my hands, my hands up and my eyes closed. And, and then I just opened my eyes and I just looked straight forward at the platform and I looked at you on the stage. And he said, when I looked at you, there were beams of light radiating around your head. I was like, whoa. But I thought, wow. What I just made a declaration in faith. He saw it in the Spirit. And that wasn't all. Just after that, we were going to go out on the street and we we're going to street witnessing. And one of the girls, she had a migraine headache, and and I uh, and Ernie was with me, my mate, and and I was there, and we, uh, I laid my hands on her to pray for her, and she was instantly healed. The headache went away, but at the same time, he, he was like, and, he, and when we'd finished, he, he's like, pulls me aside, and he says, Carl, he says. I could see it again. He said, when, when you put your hand on her head and were praying, he said it was like there was a shaft of light. It was like your hand was glowing, like there was a, a light behind your hand and it was coming out through your hand as you laid your hands upon her. I thought, wow, how amazing is that? Amen. But this is the reality, folks. This is the reality. Whether it's visible or not, it's real. The light of God is in us and He's seen through us. And the more that we shine our light, the brighter our light shines. I had no idea from that day, back in those days, I had no idea that God would call me to preach in the nations that I'd be to 54 nations around the world that I'd be preaching in the platforms that I'm preaching. And I had no idea that that was going to happen. But I just, I know one thing the Bible does tell us in, in Daniel chapter 12 verse 3, those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Amen. It's time to shine. Can you agree with me? Come on, let's stand up to our feet, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. I believe with all of my heart that we are entering into the greatest season of harvest that the world has ever seen. I believe that people are going to come running to the church like never before. I believe it's almost like a line is being drawn. The darkness is becoming darker. The light is becoming more obvious. And people are going to have to make a choice. And people who have kind of just kind of been hanging out in the darkness are going to start going, I don't belong here. I don't agree with this. This is, this is crazy. And they're going to start running to the church and running to us. And I believe all over the world, we are going to see an incredible harvest in these days. And people, loved ones, your friends, even and family members, people you know, that have kind of been backed off and, and you may have been praying for some of them, I believe we're going to start seeing them coming to the Lord at, at an incredible rate. And, and I want us even right now, if we could pray,
pray for them. So why don't we just lift our hands up to the Lord? Symbolically, like we're lifting our friends, we're lifting our family, we're lifting people that we know that don't know the the Lord. And and some people might be running from the Lord at the moment. But uh, Father, we lift them to You right now. We pray for these ones. We name them before You. Lord, we lift them because, Lord, we pray for their salvation. We want to see them come into the Kingdom of God. And we ask, Lord, that You'd you'd blow away the smoke screens, the deception. Lord, because Your Word says that the God of this age has blinded the eyes of the unbelievers so they might not see the glory of God. And we pray, just blow it away. Lord, for those that have got hurting hearts and their hearts have even become hardened. Lord, we pray, just let Your love, Your grace, Your mercy soften their hearts and open them that they might be good soil, that they might be responsive to the Gospel. And Lord, as the light shines, they won't cower away. Lord, they won't run from the light, but they'll run to it. Lord, that we'll have the joy, the privilege, the opportunity of sharing the gospel with them. And Lord, I pray for this church and for each person in this church, Lord, that the light and the glory of God might manifest upon them in these days like never before, that it might be a light in the darkness that people will see Jesus in us and through us and that there'll be an incredible harvest. Lord, we thank You for every soul that will be saved in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.